Okay, let's, uh, let's, let's do pretend. Let's do pretend, okay? I want you to imagine, by the way, I'm Chris. I'm on staff with Christian students. Welcome to Freshman Connect. Okay, praise the Lord. You already got all that. Okay, I want you to imagine with me tonight. Uh, we're going to go to sleep. Your cabin is going to be uber AC'd. It's going to feel so good. Um, man, that bed is going to be so soft and snuggly. Um, I'm sure somebody brought a Tempur-Pedic pillow. You know, you're just going to, it's going to feel so good. Okay. But imagine with me tomorrow morning, uh, you start rubbing your eyes. And man, it is so bright outside. You kind of, oh, man, what? What happened here? And then uh, you kind of start feeling around, and man, that, that bed got, uh, man, that bed got hard. I was like, man, what, what happened to my, to my bed here? And then you kind of, what? I'm smelling salt. What's all that? Uh, what? And you didn't know it, but you woke up, and you're in a tiny boat, with two tiny oars in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and you're all alone, you're all alone, and all you can see for miles in every direction is blue glass. All you see is, all you see is water. There's not a bird in the sky, it's hot, there's no wind. You're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. All alone. Wouldn't that be scary? Okay, that, that'd be real scary. Uh, not nearly as scary as when the storms come, right? And then you're riding the waves of the roller coaster there by yourself, you know? Okay, what I just described to you, you know what I just described to you? I just described to you the day after you graduated high school. You're on the, you find, you wake up the next day and you find yourself on the ocean of life, completely alone, able to go anywhere you want, do anything you want, and with absolutely no direction. I just described to you the day after you graduated high school. Now, some of you may think, no, you know, I mean... Uh, I mean, that's not how I felt, you know. I mean, maybe you're being a little extreme. Probably you're just good at hiding it better than everyone else. You're probably just good at hiding it. This is life. Welcome to the real world. You know, high school, things are easy. Mom and dad, you know, they got you. I mean, you know, it's pretty easy. I wake up, insert breakfast, go to school, eight hours, come home. Uh, for all the guys, it was insert video game, and then, you know, four hours of that guy. Wake up next day, insert breakfast, same thing, over and over, pretty easy. Uh, you could say everything was mapped out for you, you know? But uh, the day after you graduate high school, everything changes. Everything changes. And, uh, you know, some of you may, you may not really be with me yet. You may think, well, you know, I mean, I'm not quite there. I'm in college. I got into the University of Texas, okay? I mean, I'm something, you know? <laughs> I got some direction with my life. I got things together. Um, you know, go, going to college is good. That's some direction. But real talk, it's just temporary. Four blanks, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, super senior year. <laughs> 
failed that one class, had to go back to summer school. <laughs> Few blinks, you gonna turn around and whoa, oh, yeah. I'm old, I already graduated. I go super fast. You know what comes after that? Now what? Now what? Oh, you know, uh, maybe it's time to go, maybe, maybe it's time to get me a master's, you know? I mean, I, you know, I got my bachelor's. I mean, I got things together. Time to get my master's, maybe even my PhD, huh? How about that? Pretty good. Get a master's, a PhD. I mean, I'm probably not going to get one, but good for you, you know? Good for you. Now what? You know what? Now I need to get me a good job. Good job. And, uh, you know, not just any job. I, I, man, I, I want to I wanna help the community. I want to, you know, benefit people's lives. I want to make a whole lot of money. Give me a good job. Okay. A couple years. Now what? Time to get married, right? I mean, you got to get your ring sooner or later, you know. You gotta, I mean, you got to join the club sooner or later now. You got to now. You know, some people get their MRS degree in college. That stands for Mrs. something, meaning they got married, MRS degree. Um, you know, everybody needs to get married. You get married, okay, hey, praise the Lord. Man, you got like a Hollywood movie romantic kind of, I mean, it's better than anything you could have imagined. And you're going to wake up two years later like, man, who is that over there? <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be great. They're not all that great anymore. Now what? Time to have some kids, you know? A few kids. Oh, you know, yeah. It's time. You know, I'm mature. I got me a good job, good wife. Time for some kids. A few babies later. Now what? Basically, you added a few more people in your boat. You got, you got a few more things in your boat. 20 years later, you turn around. You're that same person. You're still out on the sea. You got no idea where you're going. You're on the ocean of life. Alone. And without direction. What directs you? What directs you? What guides your inner being? What, what essentially directs your life? What's the purpose of your life? The purpose of your existence? It's not bachelor's, master's, PhD, good job, wife, couple kids. Those are all great things. But what directs you? Um, we all need a compass. We all need a direction. And what we're going to talk about this weekend is the compass of your Christian life. You happy about that? Yes. You need a compass? Yes. I need a compass. Okay. This weekend, we're going to talk about the compass of your life. The compass by which your entire existence can be directed. 
And if it doesn't, man, we're just out there just rowing as hard as we can, not sure where we're going, spraying on the smile and trying to act like everything's all right. Number one, and this is what we're going to talk about right now. First direction we have to have is toward the Lord. And when I say, uh, when I say toward the Lord, what I mean is a personal, intimate, loving relationship with God. What I do not mean is, oh yeah, man, you know, man, got to give it to God, you know, just everything, just for sure, always, you know, give it to the big man upstairs. That's okay. That's a good start. But what I'm talking about is an intimate, personal, loving relationship with God. What I'm talking about is Jesus Christ becoming your God, not your parents' God. That's good. You grew up in a godly home. I hope you did. But at some point, just like happened with Jacob, Jehovah God has to enter into your situation, reveal himself to you, and you say, I will make you my God. That's what I'm talking about. First, our first direction is toward the Lord. Second direction. is toward the believers. You know... Um, the more time you spend with the Lord, you know what's going to happen? Man, I need the bros. I need some believers. I need some people to go on with. Man, I thought this whole Christian thing, I was pretty good by myself, but man, I ain't got that. You know what I need? I need the body of Christ. I need it in my life. I need the body to be real to me. I need the brothers day in, day out. I need the church. Second direction is toward the believers. Third direction. Your third direction is toward others. And when I say others, I mean bearing spiritual children. You know what happens when you spend time with God? Watch out, because you're going to feel a real need to spend time with other believers. You get you a good, intimate, personal, loving relationship with God. Something dynamic is going to happen inside. You're going to want to hang out with people that love Jesus, okay? Just fair warning. You know what's going to happen when you start hanging out with those people that love Jesus? The more time you're together, man, oh, man, man, bro, the Christian life, man, this is so good. We're enjoying the Lord. Man, this whole thing's fun, actually. I've got a lot of joy. I'm doing so much better than I was before. I want the people in my classroom to know about this. The more time you spend with the Lord and the more time you spend with others, the more time you spend with believers, he's going to send you to others. It's almost like he'll repeat the words, the last words that he said to the disciples in Matthew 28, 19. Okay, now you got me. You got one another. Here's my word to you. Go and disciple all the nations baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You got me? You got the brothers? All right. Now you got everything you need. Go and disciple all the nations. This, this is our compass. I want you to hold up your hand like this. Go ahead. We're not gigging the Maggies. Don't worry. 
Every time you see this, okay, every time you see Giga Maggie's, I want you to think of something. I want you to think of your relationship with the Lord. Every time you get the thumbs up, oh, hey, man, you're doing a great job of Giga Maggie's, bro. <laughs> I want you to think, you know what? Man, I need to work on my, uh, my relationship with the Lord. That's right, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you, man. All right. And, you know, they may be saying, hey, man, great job on that paper, man. Way to go. You're thinking, oh, that's right, man, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thumbs up. If you, if you don't have this direction, if you don't have this one right, ain't nothing going to go right. Everything's going to go wrong. We've got to have this one first. All right, next is this. You know, usually when people point like this, it's kind of like, uh, man, it's your fault, dog. It's your fault. You messed everything up. None, not me, not me, you. Usually they use it for, act, for accusing. Okay, whenever we see this, I want you to think about the believers. You know why? Because I need you. I need you. Man, things are going well with the Lord, praise the Lord. But man, I need you. I need you. You know, the Christian life is not just a, not just a single, you know, personal thing. Man, I need the brothers. I need the church. I need the body of Christ. Okay, one more. You know what this guy's for right here? What do you think this guy's for? There's only three choices. What do you think he's for? Let's say it all together. Others. Others. Okay. You know what's going to happen? You got a good relationship with the Lord going. Praise the Lord. Everything's good. Hunky-dory. Um, the Lord's going to be saying, man, yes, I realize that I need the brothers. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to have the thought. You're going to have the thought, Who, who's next to me in class? Matthew Noriega's going to think, man, who is that knucklehead that sits next to me in algebra? I need to pray for that guy. Who is that? Who is that? If he doesn't have this, he ain't going to be thinking that, I promise you. He's going to be thinking something else. But let's say Matthew Noriega, man, he's working on it. Boy, it's good. His relationship with the Lord is good. And you know what? He's enjoying with my man Henry back there. They're having a good time. You know what may happen? Matthew may say, man, what about that guy that sleeps right over there? What about my roommate? How about my roommate falling in love with Jesus Christ? How about, how about I have a conversation with him that lasts about this long that changes his entire eternity? How about that? You know what? It's, it's incredible. The more I've enjoyed my relationship with God and the more I've been with the brothers, the less I think every second of the day about myself. Actually, I'm kind of interested in my roommate's eternal destiny. Hmm, how about that? All right, hold it up. This is your compass. What is this? This is your compass. Let's say them. Lord. Believers. Others. Now you got your compass. Okay. Let's open up your books. Go to page 27. Page 27. And this is the first direction. Okay, let's read the title all together. Ready, go. 
Now let's read the next title. Ready, go. Okay. Um, Man, where'd my pen? Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Now, when you, th when you think of toward the Lord, I want you to think four words. You can just mainly say personal, but I want you to think personal, loving, intimate relationship. Say that. Personal, loving, intimate relationship. Now, would you use those four words to describe your uh, interaction with God? What words would you use? I hope there'd be some. I hope there wouldn't just be zero words. That's okay if you're, if you're there. But let's work on these four words. Personal, loving, intimate relationship. You may be, uh, you know what, let me use a different color here. You may be like right here. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of growth there. I mean, a little bit. It's kind of there sometimes. But uh, you know what's going to happen? The more interaction you have with him, the more our personal, loving, intimate relationship with God is going to grow. Maybe by junior year, we're up here. I hope that for UK Sam. Then maybe by his senior year, we're going up here, huh? More love for Jesus Christ. That's what's up. Maybe uh, eventually, you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll just see. The point is we need to grow. Say that word, grow. Grow in our what? Personal, intimate, loving relationship with God. Okay, now I'm going to give you three ways to do that. Okay, let's read uh, Roman number one. Ready, go. What in the world is morning revival? What is that? Never heard of that before. Morning revival is, in simplicity, having a time with God, having a set, regular time with the Lord. When I was growing up, we called it having a quiet time. Good news is, you don't always have to be quiet. In fact, what's best is if every morning your relationship with God gets revived. Morning revival. Every morning, you know what needs to happen? We need our relationship and our love for God to be revived. How many people wake up doing backflips in the love of God every day? I mean, nobody, I'm the only one? I don't do it either. We need our relationship. Man, sometimes you wake up and like the last thing you want to do is like, I mean, I got so much on my mind now. I can't, you know. See, Sunday, got some stuff to do. Every morning, you know what needs to happen? We need our loving relationship with God to be revived. Morning revival. Okay, let's read the verse. Mark 135, ready, go. Okay, I'm going to tell you what happens here in the context. This is talking about Jesus. 
okay? And he's just begun his ministry, and he's like healing everybody. Um, tons of people are getting healed. They're getting like demons cast out. Um, all kind of great things are happening. People are so hungry to hear the word of God. And actually what's happening on this morning is the entire city is coming to find him. Where is he? I want him. I want to receive the gospel. God save me. Here I am. I want to get healed. I want a relationship with God. That sounds pretty good, right? Pretty successful ministry, I would say. You know what Jesus does that morning? He rises up when? What's the verse say? Verse does not say early. Verse says very early. You know, I mean, when we hear early, we might think, I mean, yeah, like 9, 9.30, you know? 9, 9.30. I mean, you know, it's tough being a student. You study till about, I don't know, 7.30 p.m. Just hang out for... Umpteen hours, you know, fourth meal at 2 a.m., you know, get to bed at 3, 9 o'clock's pretty early, you know. Okay, let's rewire our definition here of what early is. Jesus rose up very early while it was still night. That means the sun hadn't even come out. You know when I like to wake up? I like to wake up when the sun's out, you know. I don't like to get up very early. But what did Jesus Christ do? You think Jesus Christ is worth taking as our pattern? Jesus Christ, in order to maintain his relationship with the Father, rose up very early while it was still night. And he went out to a deserted place. Get me away from everybody. I'm not trying to think about class. I'm not trying to think about what I got to do today. I'm not trying to think about that text I got last night that was whack. I'm not, I'm not trying to look at Snapchat as soon as I wake up. Get out of here. <laughs> Very early, getting out, getting away from every, every uh, distraction, spending time with God. Here's the interesting thing. interesting thing. You know what God told him? Hey, bro, we got to go. I know the whole city's coming after you and wants you to heal them. Uh, very interested in the things of God. Uh-uh. We got to get out of here, man. I'm sending you somewhere else. You know what was more important than we might say even a ministry opportunity for Jesus was Jesus' relationship with God. His relationship with the Father was the most important thing. So much so that he would have some time with the Lord and the Father would say, time to go. And he'd say, peace out. Chunk and deuce, I'm gone. For this I've been sent out to carry the gospel to many cities. Time to go. Most important thing to Jesus Christ, his personal relationship with the Father. First thing. You know how you can tell it was the most important? It's what he did first in the day. Probably what you do first in your day, probably most important in your heart. Personal relationship, morning revival. Okay, let's go into Bible reading. Let's read that. Bible reading. Let's try it again. Bible reading. Pretty good. Let's try it again. Bible reading. Okay, John 14, 23. Read it. Let's go.
Okay. What do you think is the most important phrase in this verse? What's the key phrase? I thought you might say that. Keep my words good. Key phrase here. If anyone loves me. If, meaning this has got to happen in order for me to do that. If anyone, what? If anyone fears me. If what? Loves. If anyone? Loves. If anyone loves me. What kind of relationship do you think God wants to have with you? If anyone loves me. What this verse shows us is that the context of all our handling the Word of God, you know what, you know what the context of that is? Love. How we handle the Word of God is in an atmosphere and a spirit of... You almost got it. You almost got it. <laughs> Love. Personal. Intimate. Okay. We've got to keep going real fast. Colossians 3.16. I'm just going to read it for you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Say let. let. You know what's hard? It's hard to let. You got all kind of things coming at you. All kind of important things. All kind of people who like you. All kind of people who want your time, want your attention, want your tweets, want your pictures. Hard to let. Let the word of Christ dwell in you a little bit. That ain't what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you sometimes. That ain't what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Okay. I don't have time to get all into it. I'm going to tell you how, how I do it. I'm going to tell you, this is my number one. I'm giving you all my secrets. It's right here. It's not a secret. You know how I let the Word of Christ dwell in me richly? I don't just read the Bible. Everybody's been telling you all your life to read the Bible. Probably you haven't read your Bible that much. Because people told me that all my life. I didn't do it either. What changed my life is when I started praying the Bible. When I started taking verses and making it my prayer to God. I'll give you an example. Hallowed be thy name. Lord, today, hallowed be your name. Lord, I want your name to be sanctified in my life. Lord, I want to honor your name today. God, your name's so important to me. Lord, I lift your name high. Your name is the highest name in the universe. Now let's move on to the next phrase. You see, you see where I'm going? You take God's Word and make it your prayer. Kyle's going to talk about that more tomorrow morning. Okay, number three, prayer. Let's read Psalms 27.4. Ready, go. Okay, prayer is not simply asking God for things, although that is included in prayer. It's not that that's not prayer, but that's just not all that prayer is. Prayer is an intimate fellowship with God. It is a dialogue, meaning two-way, not a monologue, meaning one-way. 
How much of our prayer is a dialogue rather than a monologue? You know, you might just, if it's just one way, you might just say, I just need to go have some monologue with God, you know? I just need to go get some stuff off my chest. I don't really want to hear back from him, but I need to just tell him some stuff. Prayer is a dialogue, meaning God wants to interact with you. He wants to have a dialogue, a conversation. And so you can tell that from this verse, because what does David ask for? David asks for something, and he seeks it. How does he seek it? Obviously by praying. What do you want, David? Lord, I want to be in your presence. I want to dwell in your house. I want to behold your beauty. I want nothing to get in the way of our interaction all the days of my life. Wherever you are, that's where I want to be. That is prayer an intimate fellowship with God. And that's what we see here in David's life. Okay, this last one, after this we gotta go. I've been watching the time. I'm not really gonna take an hour of your time, although I want to. I just want you to not eat dinner, and I wanna take all your time <laughs> and just tell you more. Because, I, I, well, anyway, just kidding. I want you to eat dinner. 1 John 1, 9, this is what's going to hinder your intimate fellowship with God. The screen's about to open and you're about to figure out, man, why is like the Lord not that real to me today? Like, I, I just can't figure it out. It was good at church camp, but hadn't been good since then. I can't, what's up with that? You're about to figure it out. Let's read 1 John 1, 9. Ready, go. <laughs> It's our sins that ruin our intimacy with God. They spoil our intimacy with God. I'll give you an example. You know, I am a knucklehead, which means I mess up my relationship with my sweet wife all the time. I do that all the time. Sorry. Um, and you know, when I do that, it's hard to have some, just some good intimate conversation. It's hard to do that. Because I'm like trying to do it, and she's just all like not trying to look me in the eyes. I mean, it's just down. It's like, whatever you got to say, I'm not about it. I'm like, would you look at me? Look at me in the eyes, please. Hard. You know why? There's some offenses in the way. If you want intimacy with God, it's very simple. Confess. Sometimes we let six months, seven months, eight months of offenses build up and we're like, yeah, man, God's just not that real to me. I'm kind of almost done with this Christian thing, really. All, all you got to do is just take care of the, the little offenses that have built up. And when you do that, when you confess, God, I did that, I said that, I went there, I watched that, I listened to that, and I was wrong. It's sin. God, that was sin. I justified it in my mind, in my heart. I went against you. It was wrong. I'm sorry. When you do that, God says he promises. If you confess, he will be faithful and righteous to forgive you. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so that's the first direction. We're going to hear two more directions this weekend. 
personal, intimate, loving relationship with God. And how do we build that up? How do we grow in that? Morning revival. Praying over and reading God's Word and through having intimate fellowship with Him in prayer. You got your compass? Okay. Trevor?